Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of For What It's Nerd. It's been a while. We're back. Um, this is season two now of For What It's Nerd. Um, season one had I think sixteen episodes. Um, a few minor, smaller episodes, but you know, a pretty good start for season one. Season two is obviously going to be spanning a full year instead. Um, whereas season one was about, I I don't even think it was six months, but around about that kind of um scope. Um, but we're back, we're here, we're in a new place. As you guys can see, if you're watching on YouTube, if you can't head over to YouTube, you should check it out. Um, but, um, I'm very excited. I think we have a lot to discuss this year. A lot of things are coming out. A lot of things are happening. Um, and we're going to, we're going to discuss it all. Before we get into kind of the, um, the meat of the situation, though, I do want to discuss a little change that's happening, um, both with For What It's Nerd here and for Peralta's Place, my gaming channel. Now, up to now, my TikTok has just been Peralta's Place, and yes, we've had For What It's Nerd TikTok too, but that TikTok has been just like small edits of this, um, which I have done kind of infrequently. What I'm planning to do going forward is actually change that up to where For What It's Nerd is not just a podcast, but it's my nerd musings in general. So anything that's TikTok related that is nerd related will now be going straight onto For What It's Nerd, uh, both on TikTok and on YouTube, uh, YouTube Shorts, etc. Anything like unboxing games or anything like that will also come on this channel, uh, like um, board games, um, should I say, and like that kind of stuff, anything in that kind of genre. Um, essentially anything that isn't physical, like um, that isn't digital gaming, <laughs> essentially. I I'm, I'm mumbling a bit, but um, what I'm trying to say is that uh, Peralta's Place on all platforms will now solely be about gaming, and for what it's nerd is where all of the um, nerd discussion will be. Um, it sounds very simple, but it hadn't been that way up till now. And I think this is really going to streamline the process. It also meant I could get rid of Peralta in Portrait, which was an extra channel I had for those videos that were from Peralta's place, but didn't feel like they fit on the gaming channel. So it just eliminates a whole channel. And on top of that, allows me to have um, the two spheres of what I do, but in the place that makes sense for them, essentially. With that said, today's episode was going to be um, a discussion of Bad Batch. The Bad Batch started on the beginning of this week and with a two-episode um, two premiere, but sadly, I haven't watched it yet. Now, you guys are probably thinking, wow, you haven't watched the Star Wars shows almost as immediately as it came out. And I've got to be honest, I wasn't a big Bad Batch person anyway. I did not enjoy season one that much. There was good parts, and I do enjoy some of the characters. Um, but generally speaking, um, not a huge fan of where that story is heading. Now, um, I will say that most of the animation projects, Clone Wars and Rebels and somewhat Resistance, but less so, season one was worse than going forward, season two, etc. and so on. Um, but I feel that this time, I don't think I'll be any more interested in the Bad Batch as a concept, the, the kind of um, stereotypical archetypes that they've been fit into. And I don't think unless the story itself gets interesting, like the stuff that's happening around them, that I'll be super, super intrigued about what's going on. Not to say I won't watch it, but I think I'll probably give you guys an update on what I'm feeling about Bad Batch in one or two weeks when I finally get around to watching it. Um, in the meantime, though, I thought maybe we'd do something a little bit different. Uh, well, not a little bit different. We've done it before, but I thought we'd discuss um, the books that I'm currently reading slash have read recently. Um, so I kind of had like a big reading binge over the holiday. And um, we do have a few that I did 
kind of finish, kind of um, get through. Um, one second, I did forget one. Um, it's actually on the shelf, so I won't get it off because it's going to cause issues. But um, for those watching on um, stream, um, on YouTube, should I say, um, Black Panther, I read a full Black Panther comic, um, like series of comics, like a whole story. Um, that was really good. It was really engaging. It was a story about um, a, a kind of nation next door that was trying to destabilize Wakanda. And it was very, um, it was asking the question of what is a king and how can a king of a, of a seemingly enlightened people still be a king it was trying to talk about democracy um in in that kind of um scenario so to speak very interesting very political and it was nice because that whilst there were head villains the actual villain of the police quote-unquote was the idea of how do you change a nation which was very interesting and very um poignant i think for a lot of people especially in the modern world i think whilst obviously it's very much uh, of interest to um african heritage and like that kind of um heritage i think it's a it's a question that everyone should be asking i think it was a great comic to do that with a great character to do with it that with to see t'challa going through those challenges alongside shiri and ramonda etc and so on uh, it does also kind of feel very much reminiscent of certain parts in wakanda forever so that was really nice to be able to go into and kind of enjoy other than that i've been kind of going on a star wars binge I finally finished uh, Princess and the Scoundrel, which is the Han and Leia um, book set, like kind of during their honeymoon. I'll say that was a hard read. The middle part was very hard. The beginning was really good. The middle wasn't the best. And then the end, I think, really picked it up again. It was quite, quite interesting. Um, it was funny because it actually reminded me of Star Wars The Old Republic, which is the MMO, the Star Wars MMO, the second Star Wars MMO. Um, but in that... Um, there is a planet that gets destabilized um, by um, mining and it is saved by essentially manipulating the core somehow, but it was very reminiscent of something that was seen in Princess and the Scoundrel. Uh, but yeah, it was a hard read. I think um, because it, it, it was the opposite end of what Andor did. Andor went for this kind of approach of let's show the mundane, but in a, in a Star Wars world, this felt like let's, show Star Wars, but mundane. Now, I know that sounds exactly the same, but it felt lesser in this book when they were kind of like on a, on a cruise ship, basically. It, it felt weird. It didn't feel like a regular person dealing with a Star Wars problem. It felt like a Star... It felt like, it felt like you put a Star Wars character on a Disney cruise liner. And essentially, that what it, that's what it is because the Halcyon is the ship that... Um, that is up there, the park, uh, whichever park it is or whatever experience it is, uh, it, it's, a, it's an attraction, um, the ship that you, they go on, um, which is fine, but it goes into my box of like things I dislike alongside um, Batu. Um, not that Batu is a bad planet, I think Batu has some interesting things going on, but when it's a cash cow, I'm kind of like, eh, like it's okay, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't super exciting either, right? It wasn't like, Wow, yeah, I really love this. And I generally like some of the mundane stuff, especially like what Andor did. But again, it, it felt commercial uh, in, a, in a weird way. Opposite to that, um, I have been trying to get back into the High Republic, which obviously a lot of people are really love. And I have enjoyed everything I've read of the High Republic, um, apart from Crash Point Tower. But that was, a, that was like, a, a like a child's book, a young adult's book. So I understand why that wasn't perhaps as strong as some of the others. But I have, and I did get through... Um, High Republic Adventures, 
which is featuring uh, Ty Yorick. This is the, sorry, this is the Monster of Temple Peak, which is like a, a mini series. Uh, yeah, collect Star Wars: The High Republic Adventures, the Monster of Temple Peak one to four. And I really like Ty Yorick in uh, Rising Storm. I think it's Rising Storm. I really enjoyed her character in this. So uh, in that, so I, it was very nice to see her backstory in this and get a little bit more of an understanding of where she's coming from as a character. I also love. Um, I think I'm wrong with the species name, but Thalothians, um, Adi Gallias and Ty Yorick's and um, Key is it Keeve Trennis? No, no, Indira Stokes. One of them. No, it's yes, Indira. Um, their race, I really love their their um, and Stas Stas Ali as well. That's another one from the Clone Wars era. I love their their, their species. It's really um, it's a really cool one. So it's really nice to see her um, brought to life on a page, and also. I I essentially got this because like it's not on Marvel Unlimited, which obviously because obviously this is a comic done by um I think it's just done by Disney itself or or Panini Comics maybe, but anyway um really really cool I really liked it uh very different art style and just the, the like the gloss on the book and the, the way it looks is just really beautiful I would have that displayed if I had somewhere to put it but as you guys can see. Not much room. Um, so that was that one. Um, very fun, very interesting. I always, I like that Ty Yorick always seems to get herself into a situation where she's trying to make money and then doesn't manage to because her morality gets in the way. Um, it's a very Han Solo-esque, but also Luke-esque character. I know that sounds, that some people might disagree with me on that, but I feel like she's got a little bit of both of them in her. And uh, it's, quite, it's quite interesting. Um, opposite to that, um, I keep saying opposite to that, but they are kind of opposites, and I think it's very interesting. Um, another, the High Republic has really brought out a lot of different types of, of, of displaying a story, different ways of displaying a story. And so this is my next one, Edge of Balance. This is the first part of that. Um, there's two, I think, at the moment. I don't know if there is a third. Um, I don't know. But um, this is a, um, a manga, a Star Wars manga, which is very interesting. Now, it is obviously... Um, it is the normal, the, the normal way of reading, quote-unquote, the way we in the West read, um, which um, is probably for the sake of people who haven't really um, introduced themselves to manga before. But this is really interesting. My only gripe, and it's a very, very small gripe, I, I love all the characters in this. I think it's very interesting. I think they've got some very, um, some very different thoughts on stuff in here. Um, I do feel it's very similar to uh, Venestra, uh, Venestra Roar and her Padawan um imri i feel like lily and uh viren or kiran something like that uh, i feel like they're very similar to those two um like design wise and kind of story wise but it, it, it's irrelevant because this is quite interesting and it's got really good art and i keep saying quite interesting but it's true but it has some really good art um let me see if I can find a page. Yeah, so like when they're facing off against Drengear, it's like a really, really great piece of um, visual, um, visual um, stimulation, so to speak. It's really, it's a really nice way to kind of um, get to grips with the characters. Also, it's really nice to see characters like that we've seen in other art styles pop forward. For example, uh, seeing Stellan Geos, uh, that's really fun. Really good, um, really good read, really light read. Um, and I, I love that. I also quickly read over, I think it's the two, like, really, really, like, they're the child books um, that focus, like, focus events as if from Biriaga's perspective. Um, I forget their names off the top of my head, but they're, like, there's a few of those that are very, like, um, they're, like, a, like, for those who've read the main books, it's, like, a recounting of the, the book. 
for those who haven't, obviously, it's a nice little like, um, uh, it's a seamless kind of. Um, it cuts out the gore and the the the, the shock for for kids to kind of enjoy a little bit of the the new Star Wars. Also, one thing I do want to mention about this is that this one opposite uh, opposite to that, I keep saying it, I keep saying it. This one differently to that uh, is not scared to show a little bit of gore. I, I don't want to say it goes too far, so far as to say it fully gore, but um, as you guys can see, that is um, it's a dismembered head and hand and foot and so on. Which is which is very like don't get me wrong. Star Wars has done little bits and pieces like that before, but not showing it in that way, which is really really cool. And again, um, indicative of using genre to um portray different ideas about Star Wars. I really like it. Um, before we leave Star Wars, I do want to say as well that I am currently listening to the uh, Tempest Runner audio uh, audiobook. Um, not audiobook like um drama show like audio drama whatever you want to call it. Um, and but I'm I, I kind of got it mixed up because I didn't realize that um, the second book um, surrounding the guild, I forget its name, um, but like um, the, I, I, the only character that's coming to mind is the leader of the guild, which isn't the character that's in the book at all because she got taken away at the end of the other book, but Skorha Bine, her daughter, and um, the Jedi surrounding her, uh, Wraith? Wraith. Is it Wraith? 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 I, I, and Vanestra, I think, as well. But those characters I accidentally missed. I, I haven't got back. I didn't do that book, so I'm going to finish Tempest Runner, then go back and, and um, read that. Well, listen to it. I listen to a lot of books because um, I have a lot of drive time that obviously is idle time, so I try and use that to listen to you. Uh, but, I mean, Tempest Runner is really short. Anyway, I think I have, like, five hours left on it. It's, it's like a six-hour book anyway, so it's, like, five hours, then I can go on to doing whatever. Uh, I am going to jump back to Marvel. We kind of have done a little bit of a, a U-turn here, uh, back to Marvel. But I am listening, reading this one as well. Now, this is a Folio Society collection of Hulk comics. There are other ones as well. That was what um, the Black Panther one was as well. But I also have Thor, Captain America, and Spider-Man. As you can see here, if you're watching again on YouTube, if you can't, why aren't you watching on YouTube at this point? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Please listen to it as well. I, I'm... Uh... I'm very, I'm very excited about people listening and hearing and seeing this all over. But essentially what you get is you get these kind of selected um, common, comment, I, I almost want to call them a comic uh, cross-section. It's like a cross-section of Hulk throughout the years, so to speak. You get like some very classic issues, you get some new stuff, um, you get some important events, and some very poignant ones. There's a, there's a story about um, HIV and AIDS in here and how Hulk is kind of powerless to help. Of a friend who has uh, has AIDS, which is very sad. Um, obviously, we're in a different, very different world to that um, a kind of reality now. Obviously, there's things that can be done um, across the board with that type of stuff. But um, still, very um, it was a very poignant read, actually, um, and it was very nice to see the character that can smash everything. Finding it hard to deal with societal problems, you know. I think that's why it was so poignant that it was Hulk. Because if it was, if it was Captain America. I feel maybe it would have still hit with Captain America, but like, you know, if it was some, let's say Tony Stark, right? It maybe wouldn't have hit as well because you'd be like, well, Tony Stark would have maybe thought of something. Like it would, it wouldn't have been like, it wouldn't have been as, as strong a message. But yeah, so I really enjoy. I'm enjoying this. I've got two more left. I think the last two are 
um will uh the one where hulk sent away i forgot it was called planet hulk and then one of the immortal hulk but it does just give you one issue so like obviously the older ones isn't so bad because like every issue is meant to read, read be read almost standalone but as you get towards the back end it's kind of hard because you're getting issues of stuff that are like part of a series that then don't follow on you're like what happens next um which obviously i suppose is the intent it's to drum up sales in a sense but i love the visuals of this i think this is really striking um you also do get um and i won't get it right now um but you do get like the uh kind of hard copy of like uh, and it is a copy of course of the original um comics uh the original first appearance comic which is great. Um, Black Panthers doesn't, though. And I was very interested about this. I, th I had to think about this for a second. I thought, why haven't they included um, the first issue of Black Panther with this? A, because the, the Black Panther collection actually has just is just one story. Like, the Black Panther collection goes through a full story arc. Understandable. Okay, I get that. But also, I, I had to think about this a little bit. Um, I think most of the characters... One second. Um, let me think. Yes, so Hulk... Thor, Captain America, and Spider-Man, I believe, all showed up in their own kind of headlining issue, right? But Black Panther shows up first in a Fantastic Four issue. I think that's why they didn't put one in. But it was weird to me, and I had to think about it a little bit. I was like, why didn't they include? And it, it kind of clicked, and I, I get it, because Black Panther, like, I, I feel it would be almost disingenuous to include a Fantastic Four comic with black panther because it would be like what if they wanted to do a fantastic four collection down the line or something like that but yes anyway these all came from the folio society they are quite expensive but i think they're great um as an introduction to some of these characters if you've never dealt with them before slash um great as something to have um if you're a fan of marvel as I am. Another thing as well, a little side point. I have, and I was going to do an unboxing, but it kind of became too late to do one. Um, because I got, um, what's the word? I got impatient. But uh, Marvel Zombies, the first part of Marvel Zombies came. I might do an unboxing when the rest comes, and then kind of discuss the first set as well um, then. But until then, obviously, just know that. I have got that, and uh, yeah, I suppose if anyone does want to see it, I could always do a special video for that, but let me know. Oh, also those. Um, they're, they're bigger versions of the Folio Society. Um, they, they range on, like, Marvel eras. So, like, the Golden Era, the Silver Age, and the Bronze Age of, of Marvel comics. I haven't gotten into, into those yet, so I can't attest to them, but they're, they're bigger versions, which with um, kind of like a... a, a they're huge. They're, they're kind of hard to deal with. If I get around to them, I'll show you guys, but um, I say if, when. Um, but, yeah, so that's... That's kind of where I'm at. Um, obviously, like I said, there are things that are going to be uh, coming up um, shortly. Um, you know, Mandalorian is starting soon. We will be discussing that. I will get around to discussing Bad Batch eventually. And just general stuff from now on will be coming on here as well. More general discussion. If I don't have a chance to put it in the podcast, it will come on as a, you know, come up here as a, a YouTube short or the like. So if you're interested in seeing more nerd news, more book news, more movement news, more um board game news i guess um you know anything like that if you're interested in anything nerdy essentially um subscribe slash follow slash whatever you're doing slash whichever platform you're on um and also check out Proctor's place for the gaming stuff um 
obviously that will be going hardcore hardcore quote-unquote gaming from now on no more uh, messing around with with the nerdy side this is the nerdy side now the nerd side of the force so to speak um i'm very excited to be back i'm very excited for 2023 and seeing what it has in store for us guys um until next time i hope you have a good week see you guys